All right. Welcome back to Spiritual Crusade, and thank you for joining us on our podcast channel. Uh, my name is Todd Bruce. I'm joined, as always, by Kevin Beamer. Uh, we are talking classic talks here on, on SpiritualCrusade.com. Uh, give us a shout. Give us Come check us out. Uh, come check out the site. Check out the, the, the podcasts, the blogs, the, the spiritual quotes that are shared uh, daily. Uh, there, there are so many more talented people on that site than myself and Kevin. Uh, and we're, we're, we're all right guys. So, um, come check us out. There's, uh, there's awesome stuff. Come follow me. Lesson helps are through the roof. They're outstanding. I love, I love them every week. They really help me. Uh, and I help me to teach my family, uh, come back and come back often. Uh, today we are going to be covering the BYU speech by JB Hawes released last May called wrestling with comparisons. Uh, if you're asking yourself, who the heck is J.B. Hawes, uh, and why should why does he matter? He covers it pretty quick in this lesson. Hey, Kevin, he go, he's an associate professor of church history and doctrine at BYU, and he covers it pretty quick. He goes, I was asked to do a BYU speech, and he immediately started, yeah, I can't do a BYU speech. I, who am I? I'm going to ruin this. I'm going to mess this up. This isn't going to be awesome. There's so many amazing BYU speeches out there. What, who am I to give a good BYU speech? And, uh, and then he had a light bulb go off, and he goes, there's my, there's my uh, talk. That's what I'm going to talk about is comparison. Why am I comparing? Why does it matter? Why am I so worried about comparing myself with the Boyd Cape Packers and the Neil A. Maxwells of the world? I'm J.B. Hawes. That's who I can be, and that's who I'm going to present and, and uh, you know, share this, this, this lesson on wrestling with comparisons. Well, that's such a great uh... – segue into this talk and I think uh, especially me and I don't know about you but we can all a lot of us can I guess have the same understanding or the same feeling of uh, Brother Hawes here in this situation you've been asked to do something you feel oh I shouldn't even start I shouldn't even try because maybe others might think I'm in, I'm not as good as someone else or others might think this this and this uh, classic example I can relate to is I recently took up pickleball and I'm terrible at it. I played like four or five times and I went, uh, and but a buddy of mine said, Hey, there's some people that get together Saturday morning. You should come. And my first thought was, well, I don't want to go be terrible with everyone, right? I'm six foot four, 37 years old in a good career. And that was sort of the first thought. And I got over that and I went and played and everyone was so nice and welcoming. Nobody said, you're terrible. Uh, I would apologize when I made a bad shot. And immediately, like, you don't say sorry in this game. It's fine. <laughs> right? But, like, could you imagine if uh, J.B. Haas didn't give this talk? Like, we'd be robbed of this gold. Like, this is a fantastic talk. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I, I've listened to it multiple times. Uh, you know, I couldn't couldn't speak enough good about this talk. And, mm -hmm. and it's funny because in giving this talk and covering this talk, there is that, that um, thought to compare our, our analysis of this talk with the actual talk and we can't do it justice. We will yeah. do it justice, go listen to this talk. Mm -hmm. J.B. Haas will blow your mind away with, with this talk and, uh, and then come and listen to us and, and our analysis or our thoughts about it. And we're not even going to cover a third or a quarter even of what he goes into because he has he he he's a, he talks pretty quick 
and he covers a lot of ground and a lot of material and it's all outstanding and and you oh, can yeah. turn this into four talks probably easily yeah but, well, and i get just right off the bat here i i see comparison and that's the main theme of the talk but all through it judging comes up right just because to me comparison and judging are like first cousins like they're so similar and they're based off of that same premise so it's really interesting because most of these examples are judging comparison and judging can be used interchangeably almost not that they are but there's a lot that can be hey this is a similar a premise as judging yeah well i think that's what we do i we, i when i get comparing i get comparing and thinking well how would so and so do this or how i'm not doing a good enough job because so and so would have done this better well you know especially in the church our Heavenly Father hasn't asked so-and-so to do this. They asked us to do this. How, yeah. how would Todd Bruce or how would Kevin Beamer, or how, would, how would you do this task that's being asked of you? And, uh, and that's all that's being asked. Don't worry about what other people yeah. do. And, and if you did uh, an amazing job at something and something turned out real well, hey, kudos, well done. Uh, yeah. Please encourage other people to continue to be awesome and do their best because they're going to do things differently than you as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, we're not here and we're going to get into this. It's the race isn't against each other. The race is against our, you know, like trying to be our best self. Yeah. Well, and an amazing job to me might not even be a mediocre job to you and that's okay as well. Yeah. And, it, and that's tough to come up with with terms, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And I, I got thinking of the, the me monster by you know, Brian Regan. He gets talking about being a me monster. Oh, I had two wisdom teeth out. Oh, I had four wisdom teeth out. Was the guy <laughs> would jump in and, you know, like you were allowed to celebrate our victories, yeah. regardless of what they are. And yeah. it doesn't have to be a competition with anybody else about what we're doing and how we're doing. And is yeah. striving, you know, what was it? Steve Scott says your direction or your, yeah, your direction is more important than your speed, you know? I Exactly. As long as we're moving, you know, facing the right direction and, and putting some effort in, we're doing the right thing. And, you know, quit comparing with where everyone else is at. We're all on the road and, and we're just trying to get there. Awesome. Should and we jump into this, Todd? Into it, yeah. Uh, uh, my go ahead. Is the Boyd K. Packer uh, thing from uh, when he was a mission president. Do you have anything before that? Uh, just uh, the thought of the Peter and John story. Yeah. And one thing that I noticed a lot that uh, Brother Haas does, should I call him Brother Haas? Sure. JB? JJ? JB? Uh, he oftentimes puts himself and uh, as to what he would think. And I just, I got a, the thinking over and over again, exactly what we do, right? We interpret what other, how we would act in a situ situation. And lots of times that's not even close to what other people would act like. Yeah. Right. So whatever Peter and John are thinking, that it's probably not anywhere similar to what I was th would be thinking in a similar circumstance. And it reminded me of my daughter showed me a meme. Uh, I hope this isn't out of taste, but it's uh, the classic uh, wife lying on the side of the bed, the husband lying on the side of the bed, and the wife's like, "I wonder what he's thinking." And we've seen these before. Maybe I'm concerned. You know, maybe he's mad at me, and he's lying, and he's saying. I'm thinking if Jesus was walking on water in a river, would he move on like a conveyor belt or would he just stand still? So, uh, <laughs> so 
So that was my 14-year-old daughter showed me that. And I thought that was applicable here. <laughs> I, saw, I saw another meme that said, uh, it was just a line, it was a quote that said, uh, women spend more time uh, wondering what men are thinking than men spend thinking. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> There's our comment on that. But uh, it, is, it is true that often we, we put ourselves, 99% of our thinking is uh, weird scenarios that probably would never happen. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, letting other people do the speaking. Or I do this when, when I think about inviting somebody, like, oh, they're not interested in the church. Yes. I just took their agency away by not even giving them the opportunity. Yeah. I have to be better at inviting, 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 and, and not coming up with these imaginary scenarios that may yes. happen. Um, but I love, I love this with Peter and John, where he talks about um, Peter trying to be better and not, you know, what does he say here? Um, yeah. He goes, here's how I imagined this scenario playing out. This is my mental screenplay of the spirit scriptural story. Peter approaches the Savior a bit hesitantly and quietly asks, what was John's heartfelt wish? Peter learns that John desired to stay on the earth until the second coming to preach the gospel. I can see Peter keeping a forced smile and saying, wow, that is wonderful. But in his mind, he's really thinking, ah, I'm so dumb. Why didn't I ask for that? Why didn't I even think of that? John is so much more righteous than I am, not to mention he is a faster runner than I am. <laughs> Why do I always have to be so impetuous and jump in first on everything? And that's not how that went down at all. Not no. Really. But when you're thinking about comparison or when we put ourselves in that position, you can see how they would think that potentially. Yes. And, and uh, you know, that's what we have to avoid doing, right? Yeah. And then at the very end, it talks about that Christ or God both are only going to compare me with old me. So they're only going to compare Peter against Peter. Yep. Saying that, Peter, you've come so far that that's an amazing request that you've requested. Thou slacker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I love that. I love that he only compares me with old me. For sure. And we often miss that out on that. We forget that, hey, maybe last year uh, this is how I would have reacted. Oh, that's I'm way better now, you know, right? Like whatever that is. And that's it. And that's, that's the growth that we're trying to see. So here's Boyd K Packer's uh, story that he shares that yeah. talks about why it's important for us to quit comparing with each other and just compare with ourselves. He says yeah. a new assistant and had prayed much about the matter because I then called zone conferences where I met and interviewed every missionary always with the thought in mind. Is this the man? The answer finally came. This is the man he was appointed. He had been permitted to come on a mission only after some considerable shaping up to become eligible. Uh, after the announcement, one of the zone leaders came to me privately. He came from the same community in the West as did the new assistant. He was obviously disturbed. His first question was, do you really know the elder you have appointed as your assistant? Yes, elder. I know all that you know about him and a good deal more, was my answer. Why then was he appointed your assistant? And, and he, they, they, they bold this one. Why then was he appointed your assistant? I pondered for a moment and then said, Elder, why don't you ask the question that you came to ask? What do you mean? Ask the question that you really, that is really on your mind, I encouraged. But I did, he said. No, I said, here is another question. There is another question. The thing that is on your mind is, is not why did you appoint him as your assistant? It is why did you not appoint me? 
Now, please understand, I thought his unexpressed question to be a very logical and sensible one. I had sympathy for this young man and admired him greatly for his courage to speak. If you should ask why you were not chosen, I said, I would have to answer, I do not know, Elder. I only know that he was chosen. Perhaps he may fail, but at least I know he is the one with a combination of talents and ability and qualities the best calculated to get what, what the office needs at the moment. That This is no reflection upon you. You may yet preside over him and, men, may, and many above him. You may be his bishop or his stake president. You may preside over the church. I do not know, but his call has no reflection upon you. Do not be injured by it. Go back to work and serve the Lord. Sustain him, I counseled. Your contest is not with him, but with yourself. Sorry, that was a lengthy spot, but I thought it was so important because I do this, and I'm, I'm a bishop now. Uh, but I've done this for long stretches of my life where somebody would get called, and I would be envious or jealous or be like, why did that person get called to be the young men's president? I would love to be that calling. Yeah. That person. And, and like for all the times that I was jealous or envious of somebody else getting a calling or a position at work or uh, something, uh, if I got all those, I would have 1,700 callings and would be burnt right out and I would not do any of them very particularly well. That's right. But, um, you know, that was a learning experience I had to have that that I didn't want all those callings. I, I needed to do what I needed to do in the position that I was in right now. Well, and the, the line itself, your contest is not with him, but with yourself, which is such deep, deep doctrine uh, for everything, right? It's so applicable in all facets of life, right? Whether it's church callings or work or profession or friendships or, 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 uh, relationships, whatever that looks like. Yeah. But it reminds me of the sporting world because I like sports and I'm usually use a sort of sport mentality to motivate myself. I don't know if you do that as well, Todd, but I'm definitely the guy that, okay, I'm going to try to compare to this guy and I'm going to work harder than him. Uh, I remember watching the Michael Jordan <laughs> documentary. Uh, was it The Last Dance? That was on Netflix recently. Yeah. And Michael Jordan was like, crazy like this like you looked at him funny and then he would try to just destroy you in a sporting event but this is so different he would even make up excuses yeah he would motivate and it would motivate himself and then yeah and they never happened he just would make it up but yeah he would, he would compete with everybody on everything and yes you know that comes at a cost and hopefully we don't become that same way when it comes to our growth in the gospel. You know, there are times for that, but, but our, our, you know, living the gospel is definitely not one of them. Right. And it's such a reflective way to live life is I'm not against Todd Bruce. I'm not against whoever I'm against myself and not that I'm fighting against myself, but my goal is to be better tomorrow than I am today. Oh, yeah. And if that means that I'm 0.00001% better, I'm still better. And it's okay if some days it's a little bit backwards because, hey, you know, life happens. But as long as that progression is there, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter how fast someone else is running. I love the quote, uh, rising tide floats all boats. Yeah. If, if Kevin Beamer can become a little better, he helps everyone else around him. Yeah. If Todd Bruce can become a little better, he's going to help everyone else around him. And there's a, we each have a huge circle of influence, right? Yeah. And it's, it's not, 
it's not as huge as the, the prophet or apostle or, or you know again that's the comparison but yes. it's, it's what todd bruce can can handle and can control so i can, i will i will deal with my circle of influence and be my best self to help those around me yeah and you know that's a great example using you and our relationship right so i could be that guy that oh todd bruce is a bishop already we're the same age what's wrong with me i i don't want to be like that's that's not what i am but right if i was like that it wouldn't uplift you it wouldn't uplift me it wouldn't uplift those around me it's okay where am i right now oh i could probably do better on these things and i love the next quote by elder holland that jb Hawes has in here are you okay if i read that yeah meme this after <laughs> god doesn't measure our talent or our looks he doesn't measure our professions or our possessions he cheers on every runner calling out that the race is against sin not against each other and when i read this i'm like satan is so smooth that he often tricks us into thinking we're fighting our fellow brothers and sisters rather than him like what a smooth operator because he's like oh you know what kevin you should uh, maybe talk negative about todd because he's a bishop and you're not now i don't feel that way in any way shape or form but that's how he works rather than saying you know what todd's made these wonderful choices in his life and he's working hard to be better and be better and become more christ-like that should be celebrated and you know what kevin where you are you should be celebrated too because you've come a long way from a 16 year old little brat you're right like <laughs> you're better today than you were yesterday yeah. moving forward and i always say that i didn't i wasn't called as bishop because i was the most righteous not by a long shot maybe my wife was the most righteous <laughs> I, I i i joke and i I'm, I'm half serious that it's probably because i have the most most growth yes. <laughs> available ahead of me that i have the furthest to come and i need to you know i i need it but uh I, I don't know why. I just know that I got called and I really was tormented with the whether to accept or not. It was a really tough, tough call, but uh, I got that confirmation and I'm not looking back and I'm going to do everything I can to serve and, and uh, the best I can. And that's all I can do, right? And that's all you're asked to do. Yeah. And I love this statement by J.B. Hawes that follows up that Jeffrey R. Holland. He goes, these are such important statements. These are statements that let us know that the contest is with ourselves, not with others, because they are the type of statements that I want emblazoned on my mind, uh, that I want written on the fleshy tables of my heart. Just repeating a sentence like your contest is not with him, but with yourself, or the race is against sin, not against each other, feels like verbal aloe on our sunburned souls. It soothes, it cools, and we feel tense muscles relax. We don't need to waste time on negative thoughts, energy, uh, or anything. It's just, it's just wastes our energy and we need to be focused on positive things and trying to be better. But oh, for sure. Most of us know this, like this isn't yes. rocket surgery. It's, it's, we just need to be reminded of it from time to time. Um, and it's hard. It's how do we become, you know, how do we get to a point where we're not comparing or we're, we're, we're yeah. focused on the proper things. And he, and he ties into this a little bit because, because comparing almost becomes second nature and how do we avoid it? And he, he uh, J.B. Hawes, he, he says, well, one thing we can do is to be mindful. 
you know, and I talk about this a lot with the board council and with different people that I'm, I work with is we need to be mindful of what we're doing, mindful of what we're spending our time on. You know, we have, we have a finite amount of time in life. We have a finite amount of love or, or energy. And are we focused on the most important things? We talked about this last time, spending time with our, on our family and our children. Mm. Are those the most important things? You know, be mindful of how we're spending our time. Be, be mindful of, how, of what we're doing and, and what we're thinking about and what we're focused on. Yeah, and I think that bringing up last week or last month's talk, I guess, last week, we're not, it's been a long <laughs> month, uh, that we talked about by Elder Bednar and being more diligent and concerned at home. And that is mindfulness, right? Like it's actually not just mindlessly popping on your phone and scrolling through social media and then an hour or two later, it's like, oh, Oh, it looks like I should have done dinner for the kids, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah. being mindful, being paying attention. And I love as we get into the quote by C.S. Lewis that President Benson quoted. Oh, yeah. Are we going to move there, Todd, or do you have anything? I Just for negative, they, they talk here real quick and they list sure. things that, that comparison can, can breed. And it says self-satisfaction, complacency, apathy, despair hopelessness, worthlessness, shame, like it is sin and misery. I don't know. Those don't sound very positive. They don't sound. No. So uh, just don't waste time on negative things. Just focus on positive things and things we can control. Well, and along those, I think we both have probably hung out with or spent time with people that uplift us or people that weigh us down and that, and they can both be good people with good intentions, but some people focus on that negativity more often and, if you haven't done that before, just try to go into a situation where you're with a friend and figure out how you're feeling beforehand, write it down. And then after you have that visit, that interaction, write down how you feel afterwards. And maybe you can see, hey, this person makes me feel good. Why? Well, maybe they focus on positive or maybe they said, hey, you're doing great in life, even though you're, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I've started to get to the point where I usually try to avoid people that don't help me feel uplifted. Not people that are yes men and say Kevin Beamer is the most amazing person in the world, but people that let's talk about how awesome things are in life, how awesome the gospel is. You know, let's uplift others. Let's not gossip or talk negatively about this person or that. Well, you're better than me because I'm, I'm far too facetious. So I always like to, I have people like that at work and I just poke and prod and I get <laughs> right up and it's fun but i should be better <laughs> just gonna add this i'll text jamie what you need to work on <laughs> so many things so many things <laughs> i'm on them i'm working i'm trying to be better <laughs> i understand doing that with todd uh, i gear up in the house with the boys so uh <laughs> it's a terrible story that we used to do to my youngest brother who is seven years younger than me uh, we would do what's called the snuggle wuggle woo in our house and we would snuggle him <laughs> and he would th just not like it. But we thought we were so hilarious. He would have been like seven, eight, I'm 14, 15 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I understand poking. <laughs> I, I'm the youngest and my siblings had something called touch Todd day. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's, and I blame the way I am on my siblings 100% because they tormented me to, have no, to high heaven. 
And I, uh, and that's how they showed love and affection. So that's how I show love and affection. <laughs> then I need to throttle it in and my, and my wife's ready to, to throttle me. But yeah. um, anyway, good times. So Understandable. Anyway, back to pride. Let's go. So I'm going to quote this. Uh, President Benson actually quoted C.S. Lewis, but I'm going to just read it out. Pride gets no pleasure out of having something, only out of having more of it than the next man. It is the comparison that makes you proud, the pleasure of being above the rest. Once the element of competition has gone, pride has gone. And this reminded me, uh, maybe not all our viewers know, I have four daughters. The oldest is almost 15, and then a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 7-year-old. And my wife went off for a little getaway with a friend of hers for a couple days, and, which is wonderful. I love hanging out with my kids. And I thought, we're going to do a Beamer family bake-off. Was it a normal thing we do. Friend? Or I didn't hear that, Todd, sorry. Was it her friend or her sister? Uh, her friend's sister. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it is her, it's her actual sister that she went with, who's like her best friend as well. Yeah. So they went away. And in our family, we sometimes do a Beamer family bake-off. My wife designs and bakes cakes for on-the-side living kind of thing. And yeah, this is going to be fun. We'll do it with just dad. And we go to do it. And my kids are on board. And then it was just fighting and fighting. But the one thing that happened is my 10-year-old, Luana, who's an absolute sweetheart. We go to make cookies. She's loving this. This is the best thing in the world. And then my seven-year-old asked if she could have some chocolate milk. I said, yes. And she has the last of the chocolate milk. But apparently she'd had three cups of chocolate milk and Luana had only had one. And so Luana just threw the temper tantrum. And it was actually mostly her idea to do this Beamer family bake-off and make cookies. And she didn't end up even doing it with us because her sister that was younger than her got more chocolate milk than she did. And when I read this quote, I'm like, this is literally what just happened this week. <laughs> and she missed out on the whole experience because she was in her room and she couldn't keep it in control. Not that she was sent to her room. She just lost it. Mm. And so she missed out on this experience of baking cookies and eating them and just having fun as a family over something as simple as more chocolate milk than her sister. I... Yeah, I, uh, we, we had a similar thing with Owen and Connor. They, uh, they were fighting about a game and they hated each other's guts and didn't want anything to do with each other after this game. And it was like, guys, what's more important, this game or who won this game or your relationship with each other? Or, you know, like you're always going to be each other's brother. That game was one hour out of a full day out of the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. We had to have a sit down chat with them all. But yeah, they get, it's amazing how much, and we do it. We're, I want to say it's our children do it, but we all do it as humans. We get saying, yeah. that's not fair. That's not fair. That person has way more than me. Or that's, that person has, yeah. you know, yeah. and he gets right into this 100% about this comparison. We can't compare because we're all different. Yes. We're all very different. We come from different backgrounds. We have different siblings. We've, we're born into different parts in our family. Yes. So I, I had, a, I had a, a member of the church who I grew up with who 
I grew up with my siblings and we were, we were menaces and we tortured each other. So I would go to church and I would heckle my friends and tease them and, you know, make fun of them. And that's how I showed love. And, and he did not react. I didn't know this as I was a kid. It was years and years later. He did not appreciate any of that, but he just didn't know how to convey that or relay that. And it really did his, his growth in the gospel that I was this way. And I didn't realize it. I apologized to him as an, as, as an adult because I can recognize that, that, uh, you know, that could be taken as bullying or picking on or, but I was joking and teasing and that's just kind of how I am. I'm a meathead, right? Uh, yeah. Tone that down. That's another thing I'm working on, but, um, you know, we're different. We're all different. We all come from different backgrounds and different places. And if somebody excels or, you know, does so much better, it might be just not that they're better than anybody. It's just might be the circumstance, right? And, and don't worry about it. You're in the place you're supposed to be and we can control what we can control and we just can help who we can help. And that's what we can focus on. Well, and that so ties into what, uh, Brother Haas says next, he talks about, and he's like, I can hear myself thinking, well, thank you very much. Now, not only do I feel badly about myself because of all these comparisons with everyone around me, I feel even worse because of the realization that I am sinning when I make this, these comparisons. That is just super. I wish I had just stayed in bed today. And he does this lots through the talk where he puts, he sort of projects the insecurities that he most likely feels towards the audience. And he says, hey, uh, this is probably how you're feeling or could be how you're feeling. Most likely because that's how he feels in that situation. And I was just amazed at how completely different we all are and how different we all live this gospel. So that's a great example of you, right? Whereas never in your wildest dreams would you actually willingly go out and try to pester this, these poor youth, right? Like you would never think I'm going to go pester and be a jerk. You would think, my brothers and I interact like this. This is how friendship is in my world. So I'm going to export that to all of my other interactions that I have. And you have no idea that someone else is raised differently and that's not how it works. But we also do that with living the gospel is whether it's our, this is what we do on Sunday or don't do on Sunday, or uh, this type of pop is okay in our house or not, or these type of words are okay to be used. There's so many things that we live so differently, which also means we should not compare. <laughs> or, and judge others for how they live their life. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's very much, we recently had a, a discussion in our family about, about books our children read. And, and how some of the books my children are reading that they bought at the Scholastic Book Fair at school aren't necessarily appropriate for what they're they're reading for this reason, that re reason or whatever. And I just said, uh, then we started comparing a little bit with yeah. other books that children read are very common. And they're pretty close in alignment with all these other books that are very common. Uh, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, the, the Chronicles of Narnia, the, the Hunger Games, the Harry Potter series, the, the, you know, and I said, that's very similar. Like, how is it any different? Mm -hmm. uh, and they, when they, in that context, they realize that it's very similar. They just are willing to turn a blind eye at these things and not these, th you know, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, um, you know, we, we become overly judgmental mm -hmm. uh, on what other people are doing without realizing the context or yeah. 
thought has been put into this as opposed to just, oh, I can't believe they are they aware of what their kids are reading or what they're, um, anyway, that was a side tangent on judgment. No, that's great though, right? Like they're first cousins. Yeah. Like it goes so, they're so close. And uh, when you're saying that, I remember a few years ago, some friends of mine and they let their kids watch or play with monster high dolls. And for some reason, at that moment in life, my kids were really young. So I thought, oh, these aren't great. I remember saying something to my friend. Oh, we don't let our kids play with that. And later I'm like, I am a fool. Yeah. Like, why would I ever judge on a doll? And it's not like it was an inappropriate doll. And I would say a few years ago, I finally uh, got something through my thick skull of just to stop judging people and not worrying about what they're doing yeah. uh, and uplift. But I do remember, you know, you know, five, 10 years ago where I'd say something ridiculous like that and be like, am I really wanting to die on that sword? <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to die on right now? or just yeah. On? <laughs> yeah. Just ridiculous. <laughs> you want to, you want to, you want to stand for what you believe in, but, but die, you know, dying on that hill of monster high being appropriate or this book not being appropriate. That's right. Um, you know, and, and again, whether they think that's appropriate for their children is their call. Why yeah. not? If it's why well, not judging them based on what they're letting their kids read or not read. That's different. We all are different. Yeah. That we come, you know, even though, even though we all come from similar backgrounds, they're not the same. And that's what he gets into next year with, with uh, the too many variables. There's too many variables for us to compare evenly. Like there's a Boyd K. Packer, Neil A. Maxwell, one of them has said it about life. Maxwell. How life is a test and it's different for everybody. Gotcha. But it's the fairest test of them all because it's equal to us. And it's, it's uniquely tailored to each of us. Um, and, and here he's, he talks about Korahor, that his assertion in Alma 30, verse 17, that every man prospered according to his genius and that every man conquered according to his strength. Um, and he, and he, J.B. Hawes jumps in. He goes, you can't, you, know, you can't say that because who has really prospered? Um, I don't know who got us into it, but we started watching Hamilton, the, the play. It's out on Disney. Maybe you guys yeah. can't remember. But, I loved it. I loved it. But he he was like a, a genius. He did a lot of amazing things. But if if those people in the Caribbean didn't collect money and send him to New York, yeah, like he didn't, and and he didn't have those life experiences at the beginning of his life that led him to value those things and and spend. You know, like you can't judge people differently. And and even um, the other guy there, Aaron Burr, they had. Yeah upbringings they kept comparing each other to each other the entire time but they had different upbringings and different values and you know like just give each other a break like a little bit yeah. of a break but, celebrate each other right like just celebrate each other's accomplishments yeah a hundred percent so thanks for uh sharing hamilton with us because now it's in our family and we've been singing it and having it all all, all the time and I, awesome. still, I still can't rap so uh <laughs> I can't rap or sing, so I, <laughs> I enjoy. <laughs> uh, the slower songs that I can hear what they're, yeah, that, that, that I can sing along to a little bit. But yeah. Anyway, um, it just, he carries on. He talks about, you know, the, all the benefits he's had and a lot of the, you know, different yeah. things that, uh, that 
provide opportunity that other people don't have. And we're all very blessed in different ways. And again, we have our own circle or sphere of influence and, you know, different opportunities presented to us. And we really, you could do anything you want. I could go and do my best to have J.B. Hawes's life if I wanted to, if that was a priority. But I will not have J.B. Hawes's experience. I will not have J.B. Hawes's background. Yeah. Have his, his good looks or uh, vocabulary. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, so why have J.B. Hawes's life? I will have Todd Bruce's life just fine. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the biggest fallacies. Uh, I definitely believe that if you work hard, you can accomplish great things, right? If you put your trust in God, you can accomplish great things. But to say that if I just do what Todd Bruce does, I'll get the same blessings. Uh, from a spiritual perspective, that can be, but it's not necessarily always going to be from a temporal perspective yeah. because we are both on completely different footings to begin with. And I think it's really awesome how he points this out, like legitimately says, hey, Korhor was wrong because some people might put in the same amount of effort, but based upon pre-existing privilege or blessing that they have, they're going to end up in totally different realms. 100%. Now we are seriously going to run out of time. Perfect. Just to error ourselves every time. Uh, <laughs> I jump ahead Kevin, unless you have anything on childlike humility, less about ourselves. Uh, he talks about his sons playing football and how one of them couldn't catch a football to save his life, but he was yep. excited about his sibling who caught the football every time. And yep. the kind of enthusiasm we need to have for life and for each other, that we can celebrate each other's victories. Yeah. We don't have to be devastated because we've you know, failed at something. You know, just... Try again. Get up. Dust yourself off. Try yeah. and and be happy for for one another. Um, and he and he talked about how can we how can and then he car carries on about less about ourselves. And this is a C.S. Lewis quote that uh, oh. Dieter Uchtdorf shared, and it's it's going to be shared everywhere. But because uh, yeah. when we see the world around us through the lens of pure love of Christ, we begin to understand humility. Some suppose that humility is about beating ourselves up. Humility does not mean convincing ourselves that we are worthless, meaningless, or of little value, nor does it mean denying or withholding the talents God has given us. We don't discover humility by thinking less of ourselves. We discover humility by thinking less about ourselves. And uh, I believe that last line is a C.S. Lewis quote, but he continues with C.S. Lewis. And he goes, do not imagine that if you meet a very humble man, it will be... Uh, what most people call humble nowadays. He will not be a person who is always telling you that, of course, he is nobody. Probably all you will think about him is that he seemed a cheerful, intelligent chap who took a real interest in what you said to him. He will not be thinking about humility. He will not be thinking about himself at all. And I just, I, I couldn't love that anymore because that is a person that we all want to be around, right? We talked oh, yeah. to positive interactions before. And that is a person that if you had... If you wrote down your feelings before you met, you talked with them, and then you went and had a conversation with a person like that, I yeah. see you will come away being like, I like that guy. He is all right. He is. Yeah. He was cheerful. He was yeah. positive. He, he let me talk occasionally, like <laughs> talking so he could talk. He actually listened to what I said, and you know, like just a wonderful person. Mm -hmm. And that's a little bit more. And so 
Sorry, Kevin, go ahead. Well, and that's just so hard to find in our day and age, that type of person. Not, not that they're not there, yeah. but like in our day-to-day interactions, uh, it's hard, especially in our today's climate, right? There's a lot of negativity. 2020 uh, is exaggerated as the worst year ever, that sort of thing. And yes, there's a pandemic going on and other things that are terrible happening in the world right now. And so sometimes it's hard to find that uplifting friendship. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to jump ahead. He goes, I've heard historian Richard Lyman Bushman say this so forcefully. And here he's talking about uh, like being pure in heart. And he goes, um, when our motives are pure, when we act out of pure heart, and when our only intent is to bless others, prideful comparisons are defanged. They, they have no bearing in our thinking. When we are filled with charity, we will be like the Savior. Why was being so pure natural for him? Because simply he knew who he was, and he knows you, and he knows me. He truly knows us, truly sees who we are, and that changes everything. If we ask ourselves whether or not Jesus compared himself to those around him and took comfort in where he stood on the ladders of success and those who, and, and in who was beneath him, the question becomes instantly ridiculous. We remember that this is the Savior who aims to make us, in the language of Doctrine and Covenants 88, equal with him. There is no jealousy, no competition. If the temptation to compare reared its head, he gave no heed to it, and we can be like him. And that just blows my mind. Uh, he is uniquely qualified to judge us, and he, will, he doesn't. He loves us, and he wants us to be better and be like him. And we can be equal with him. And that just is the most humble and caring and um, comparison less or lacking comparison uh, thing that, that you can hear. Like he's not comparing us with his life. He just wants us to be better. When, when you look at that, so that flip side of, could you imagine what that would actually look like? The savior comparing himself to us, right? Like uh, just like I've done in the past, I remember, you know, 10, 15 years ago, seeing other spouses that wouldn't help out with household chores. And sometimes me in my thinking to my wife would be like, why should I do that? Which is completely backwards and wrong. I would still help out with household chores, but I'd give myself a pat on the back. Oh, I'm a great spouse. I do a poor job helping out with household chores. (laughs) Right. And then uh, we hope I've grown much since then, but could you imagine our savior even for like comparing, no, there's no such thing because he is so amazing. And he's like, Kevin, you're actually not that great, but I love you and you're amazing and you're going forward. And that's all that matters. Yeah. As long as we can, uh, you know, put that effort in and try and try and try and be our best self. Yeah. We do what we can, right? Don't, don't, you know, there's a, I can't remember, it was a video I saw where they, they were like, well, what are you doing the dishes for when, you, when your wife's not around? You got to make sure your wife sees that you're doing the dishes <laughs> for doing that. But I'll tell you a secret. If the dishes are done and your wife didn't do them, she knows you did them. <laughs> yeah. It's not hard to do that math. <laughs> I didn't do the dishes. It must have been the dish fairy that came and did my dishes. <laughs> When we talked about that, that heart, that pure heart, right, is I remember back, you know, 
probably 10 years ago doing dishes so that my wife knew that I'd helped around the house. Yeah. Not because I care about my wife and love her and want to help her out, which is, I, that's why I would do them now. Yeah. I, that growth, right? That immature young man and uh, what a wonderful opportunity it is to grow and become better and have a deeper relationship with my spouse. You're doing it for the brownie points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done it, but um, you know, we just want to pitch in and help. And uh, I like yeah. the uh, Neil A. Maxwell talk. And I liked it. Well, I liked this quote well enough that I went and found this talk from like the seventies by Neil A. Maxwell uh, titled standing my weakness. And he goes, here's one of the recommendations to help manage what he calls these vexing feelings of inadequacy, right? When we're trying to overcome, when we're comparing and we're, you know, trying to, to be better, he goes, we can make quiet, but more honest inventories of our strengths. Since in this connection, most of us are dishonest bookkeepers and need confirming outside auditors. And, and this is what he's getting at here is sometimes... Uh, and, and, and I've done this a couple of times uh, since I was called as bishop. I will say, okay, Jamie, you know, talk to my wife. What, what can I be doing? What's, what, what else can I be doing? I'll talk to my counselors and bishopric and say, what else can, how are we doing? And I've met with each auxiliary leader uh, or organization leader a couple of times. And I say, okay, how are you doing? And what can I do? How can I better, you know, because I don't know. I, I'm just doing what I think is appropriate. And I want to make sure that I'm, I'm helping them succeed and, and excel. And I think sometimes we need to do this. We need to have people we trust, people we, we look up to that can help us along. And that's ideally our parents, and ideally those that are close to us. But we, just, we can identify those, those mentors to help us to be better. And figuring out how to have strong enough relationships to actually get actionable stuff right so like it's wonderful that you're going and saying hey auxiliaries how can we what can i help you to help you what can we change what can we do better but you also have to have a certain relationship for someone to actually tell you what can be done better yeah rather than oh it's fine right like so it's it's not easy (laughs) yeah more often than not the the people say oh no no you're doing good that's fine or the presidents of the organizations but if they're if I'm close enough to them and they're comfortable speaking up, then they will let me know, you know, this or that or the other. Okay, let's do better. That's, you know, that's good. And you're, and you're not looking for, I'm doing fine. You're looking for, hey, if you have something useful, then let's yeah. implement it. I'm not looking for grief. No. <laughs> I'm looking for constructive criticism and things yeah. like that. And that's what it, I don't, if I get, I'm fine from everybody, then they're all lying to me. Yeah. And we've got bigger problems. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just love, uh, I love this talk. There's so many good things and so many things we glossed over. Yes. Um, you know, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite talks, and I'm, I've used it I think twice now in different things, was this uh, the story at the end called The Visitor from the New Era in May 2000. Amazing. And I'm going to gloss over it. Uh, it goes, when, when I was 18, I, I was a, a primary teacher. I te- taught Sunbeam. I had a friend that grew up in the church with me, but was less active, would come occasionally. I invited him. Uh, and one day he came. He came to Sunbeams. Yeah. He goes, at that time, Mike had long black hair and a beard. And he goes, I don't remember why I even invited him, but he, he decided he, he came. 
and he, he, he introduced him to the sunbeams and then all the children sat there and in awe and just stunned and uh they just were not their typical sunbeam selves and then one child got up and he went over to his friend mike and he goes are you jesus and mike looked at me as if to say like what do i don't know what do i do and he uh and he chimed in and the teacher the the person who wrote and uh he goes no and he and this was inspiration 100 percent. but he goes no this Jesus, this is his brother, and uh, and Mike looked stunned and you know couldn't believe it, and uh, then without hesitation the boy reached up and wrapped his arm his arms around Mike's neck. I can tell the boy said as he hugged Mike, mm-hmm. and and I think oftentimes we forget that each and every one of us is a close and dear brother or sister to our Savior Jesus Christ. We matter. We are significant. Uh, we have roles to play in our life, uh, and and we have that hint or that spirit of divinity within us to help us to do great things if we would but do them. And we can't do what another would do. We can do what we can do, mm-hmm. and uh, and we, we have to stop comparing. We have to stop um, thinking less of ourselves because of somebody else's success yeah. to worry about what we can control and do what we can do and, and be our best selves. Well, and like this whole story, and we glossed over the, the childhood uh, being childlike, but this is just sums up everything, right? Uh, this young man who is living a different life than the, the actual Sunbeam teacher or whatever primary class it is. And if you were to compare them as an adult, you'd be like, oh, this guy's, he's not, you know, he's not interested. He's not going to mount to him. Oh, when this one guy gets home from the, his mission, I'm going to want to have him marry my daughter, right? Like that's, as people, we do that. But this child says, no, this is, this guy reminds me of Jesus Christ and I can see his potential. And nothing else matters. And what a, like, this is a tear like tears were just coming when I first read this story. Like this is just a child saying, I see the potential of this man, this young man. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, it reminded me actually of, of last month when you talked about your Bishop and how he wants people he's with to feel that they're loved. Mm-hmm. And that's what this child has done for Mike. Yeah. Feel loved and helped him to see his potential. And, and as a Bishop and as a, ministering brother as a friend if we can help other people feel love and cared for and feel of their own potential we've done our job and uh you know it's it's not hard and what's what's funny is last week's lesson was was uh about our family and about what really matters and this last section is called what really matters yeah and it you know, he goes, he ends by saying, so I say this to you and I say this to me. Let's all find a mirror. Let's look at ourselves. Let's see as we are seen. Let's repeat. My contest is not with anyone else. My contest is with myself. The race is against sin, not against each other. Then we must pray with all energy of heart to be filled with the pure love of Christ, of him who is the author and finisher of our faith. Um, he continues, but he ends by saying that we must walk out the door, forget ourselves, and start concentrating on others. Well, and 
I love just at that end, forget ourselves, because oftentimes we think of Gordon B. Hinckley uh, on his mission, and forget yourself and go to work. But this is also a forget yourself and stop worrying about what you do wrong. Yeah. Just go do good. And when you do good and when you uplift others, it starts to help in those other facets of life that you're having struggles with. And it's wonderful. That's just wonderful how that works, how the gospel helps us. <clears throat> It, it, it helps us to be better today. Um, yeah. We want to hope and wish for tomorrow. That's fine. We want to dwell on yesterday. That's a problem. You know, we can, we can use our past to help motivate us today. We can have goals in the future to help us to be better, but we'll just do what you can do today. You don't have to do, be perfect. You don't have to do everything perfectly. We just got to try. And in that trying, part of that trying is to, to focus on others and help others to be better and, uh, and look for the good. But anyway, outstanding talk. I, I yeah. over so many, I'm, I'm going to be mad at myself tomorrow when I, when I re-listen to this talk and listen to this podcast about all the things we missed. Yeah. Any thoughts, Kevin, anything I missed that needs to be brought up? Uh, you know, it was just so good. And we, we are so long winded that we're so good together. <laughs> One thing that just blew me away about the interview with the Lord idea that we oh, yeah. just before this section about how he's going to look at our integrity, not accomplishments. Yeah. And I think it's so funny how we usually introduce ourselves or people talk about ourselves. Uh, Todd, he works at the mine. He's a bishop. He has this and this. He's done this. Uh, he's an electrician. Kevin, he teaches at the, at the college. He's a chartered professional accountant. Uh, he did this. He runs this pace. Like these things that we focus on, and we are going to get to that interview with the Lord, and he's going to be like, did you really love others? Did you really go around uplifting? And like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, I, I, I got my bachelor's degree. I got my accounting designate. No, 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 Kevin. Did you help others feel love? Did you help others grow? Did you take the talents that you had and grow them? Or did you just say, well, it's good enough because this other guy I know only did this. And so I've already done more than him. So I'm okay. I'm not going to push myself more. Yeah. Wouldn't it be better instead of saying, uh, my, this is my friend, Kevin, he's an accountant to this yeah. Fred Kevin, he's a great dad. He loves life. He's enthusiastic and he makes his, everyone around him feel better and, and happier. Like that would be a better way to describe yourself. And he can run, uh, was, uh, a six, um, a, a six miles. 10 kilometers. Yeah. 10, six miles. <laughs> 10 kilometers in an hour. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for me, say you know it doesn't matter that i'm a bishop or that i'm an electrician but say that i did these things for these people and, yeah. and i tried to help them to feel loved and you yeah. know it's how i'd much rather be known that that man i like hanging out with that guy because he makes me feel better yeah right like we said yeah. you said we said a couple times now like how, how do we help do we improve people's uh, mental state their feelings that how their attitudes through our small interactions with others and look for those opportunities to be better. Yeah. And it's so important, right? Just because we're not here to, uh, 
to just be. We're here to grow, but we're also here to experience joy and feel loved. And we're supposed to try to be like Christ, which is almost impossible mm. in my mind to wrap, to wrap that around my mind. But Christ was all about going into places that uh, people would say, oh, you shouldn't interact with those people. Yeah. Those people don't deserve to be loved. Those people don't deserve to have you around them. And he's like, no, no, they're all my brothers. They're all my sisters. I'm here to do my father's business, and that includes everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Was this was fantastic, Todd. Man, man, we are long-winded. I think we're like 12 minutes over when I said I was cutting us off. <laughs> <laughs> Snipping in. <laughs> well, I hope that you guys appreciated this, this talk, because I know Kevin and I sure enjoyed uh, talking about it and listening to it. Uh, again, there's more outstanding people and, uh, you know, more... I don't know, loving or again, here's the comparison thing. They are better than us. We are awful. Go listen to them. No, we, we all have strengths and weaknesses. Uh, but honestly, check us out. Check, check spiritual crusade out. It's improved my life. It's helped me to be better. Um, when, when I turned a corner a couple of years ago and started to be better and uh, doing the things I needed to do to improve my, my life, my wife, you know, my marriage, my, my family's life. Uh, Spiritual Crusade was was uh, a, a part of that. It, they came in at a, a good time, so uh, into my life, and they've been a blessing to me. So check them out. Uh, they're wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people, and I was not paid to say that. So thanks for listening. Uh, we'll check. We'll see you at the end of September. Yeah. Where's the year gone? Gone. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you, Todd. Have a good night. We'll see you later. <laughs>